0: Hey, welcome to the Play, Move, Improve podcast. You're listening to Robin Papworth. I'm a mum of three little ones, an exercise physiologist, developmental educator and early learning speaker. I'll be empowering you to set up engaging play activities to improve children's development, health and learning outcomes. Thank you for listening. Today, I just wanted to walk you through a general two-hour observation session that I do for preschools. And the reason why I want to share this is I think that sometimes my role as an exercise physiologist isn't very common in the early learning space. I am really trying to get exercise physiology out there more. Also, what makes my role a little bit unique is I'm a developmental educator. So with my master's in autism and communication, I do see things a little bit differently to most. So my session yesterday was at a little early learning center. It was at a private independent school. I sat there for two hours seeing a range of different things and I started on the floor sitting just waiting for children to interact as they usually would. It's interesting the ones that I sit down on the floor with usually will come over the confident type children, children that may have either seen a therapist before and may have had unfamiliar people in their space before, or children that are a little bit more confident, maybe the older sibling that will come over. I tend to observe the overall classroom flow first. I can see the children that are having meltdowns in their usual morning routine pretty quickly. I can see the children that are moving from one activity to the other within 30 seconds to one minute. They come into my radar quite quickly. And what I saw yesterday was this little girl who was randomly putting her body upside down in all different unusual positions. we were playing on the mat she came right up behind me and wanted a really big hug now socially that's fantastic I love that she was able to be so comfortable around me but I see this from a sensory perspective now being only in the classroom for 10 minutes I of course don't jump straight to conclusions that this little girl has sensory challenges but what I do start to see is I just start to put little red flags in my mind of the way she was moving her body so, putting her body upside down in yoga type position, she was pushing her body up against the shelving, leaning right back up against the shelving. When she came behind me, she gave me a nice big hug and obviously wanted that pressure and the nice big hug in return. So, what I'm seeing, starting to see, is sensory seeking type behaviors. So, I just continued to sit there. We interacted with a fun fish game. I asked her if she knew the numbers or the letters on the fish and she wasn't quite ready to know those yet, which is fine. It's only term one of kindergarten, so I'm not too concerned about that. But we just started to also see her W sitting position. She was a little bit delayed in her ability to hold the magnetic fishing rod. And then we started as I moved away. We started to see that she continued with her play, but it only continued for 30 seconds unaided by me continuing to play with her. So I could see that her difficulties were playing independently and she didn't seem to interact with other peers. When she did interact with other peers, she found it difficult with turn taking and sharing So these are all little red flags that pop up in my mind when I first start to observe. I just note them down and then at the end of the session, that's when I start to talk to the teachers about what they're seeing. So going on from this little girl, I then sat at the fine motor table. They were making cute little outfits for some paper dolls and it was fantastic to see the children in this space because you could instantly see a child who picked up the scissors with her right hand to cut but then glued and drew a face on her little person with her left hand we're starting to see those challenges of using both hands not having a dominant hand yet now i'm not too concerned of that when i see just this little girl for the first time but as i observed her around the room for the rest of the two hour session, I started to see that she wrote she actually wrote from right hand side of the paper to the left hand side. When I did a group session and I tested all of their crossing the midline skills in a quick two minute exercise routine, she was one of the ones that was highlighted finding it difficult to cross the midline. So she wasn't able to tap opposite hand to knee and she wasn't able to tap one hand to her chest and stretch the other arm right out, showing a few red flags for crossing the midline and possibly having retained reflexes. Now I'm throwing all these words out there, but I just want you to be aware that this doesn't mean that I go straight to the families and I quickly highlight the concerns that I have. I don't go straight to the teacher and say that they have a condition. I just observe what I call the developmental red flags. Other developmental red flags that I see in a space is when a little boy was encouraged to draw Uh, a love heart he wanted to join in the love heart drawing mirror activity he drew a put he put pen to paper which was great he put the the marker down and attempted to draw the love heart but when he couldn't get out his get his thoughts out onto the onto paper he disconnected instantly so again look not too concerned because it's only term one of kindergarten But if these behaviours kept continuing where he didn't persist at an activity that was challenging, then we may red flag that Other things that I look for when we're sitting at circle time, I sit with everyone at circle time. I'm looking for those children that are finding it difficult to sit still on their own, they might be leaning against a friend, they might be invading people's personal space because they may not have spatial awareness. When I do the crossing the midline activities of course I do mark down those children that find that difficult. I also mark down any children that find it difficult to jump or clap to my beat. There was one particular child yesterday who, while we were sitting down, pointing to body locations. So for example, I'd point to my nose and see if they can find their nose. I'd point to my ear, see if they can find their ear. And what I do deliberately is I say can you find your nose but then I have a delay I pause for about two to three seconds and then I point to my nose what I'm checking there is can they follow my verbal instruction can you find your nose or are they just copying my own movement sometimes when we're checking children's body location we may sometimes they'll just mirror our movement which is a different developmental stage to being able to follow my words can you find your nose Other things that I looked for was children interacting so which children were interacting with each other and which children were playing independently. If they were playing independently, were they still involved in imaginative play? Were they anxious about playing independently or were they comfortable playing independently? There was a little girl who was really comfortable playing independently. When I approached the teacher and asked whether this is normal, whether she sometimes interacts with others, the teacher did explain that this young girl had an older sibling with autism. So it explained the way she was playing independently it's not a concern for her she was showing great imaginative play when her friends came into play she was able to share and turn take which was fantastic so sometimes we might see children playing independently a lot but try not to jump straight to conclusions of anything from there we just always try and get the full picture What we did when we went outside was i started to observe their ability to climb now this is where we see a lot of challenges with children children who typically have gross motor delay will really struggle in the climbing department so one girl in particular that found it hard to locate her body location her body parts she also found it difficult to match my rhythm of tapping my knees and clapping She would go up half the climbing frame. So she'd climb up half the climbing frame. She'd get to the top and she'd actually just climb back down it. So that's when we can really see her nervousness with getting to the top of the climbing frame and doing crossing the midline activities. When we observed her outside, she also was quite reluctant to run around with her friends. She walked around looking at flowers, playing in the mud kitchen, but didn't explore her body in a gross mode of fashion as we would have hoped. Other things that we look at in the yard is where the children are behind the play or in amongst the play. So there was a few children who were showing delays in the classroom with being able to transition from one activity to the other. And when they were trying to play with their friends, you could see that, for example, the children were looking at bugs outside. And they were playing with, they were looking for bugs for about five minutes, but then the the play had finished. They'd gone on from looking for bugs to going to riding, to riding their bikes. But this little girl was still delayed, say two to three minutes. She was still pretending with her friends to be looking for bugs, but hadn't quite realized that they'd moved on from that activity. And they were now starting to ride bikes. So it's trying to see those children that are behind their friends in where their friends are playing at. Because over time that can be quite overwhelming and frustrating for this particular little girl because she just wasn't able to keep up with the flow of the play so i just wanted to give you a quick snippet of what i see in two hours we I, you know we do see a lot we're able to sit back and highlight a lot we're able to see a lot more than you you as an educator or teacher because you're so busy running the session it is really hard for you to be able to see these things and my hope really is just to highlight them for you notify the red flags and then my passion is finding referring the children on then if they need it to services within your local area whether that be an occupational therapist or an educational psych. I'm just really passionate about giving the teaching team the information to look for. One particular example that I forgot to mention was a little girl who she may possibly be on the spectrum she was showing a range of different symptoms for possibly being on the autism spectrum but now that's not my scope so i can't diagnose that i'm an exercise physiologist that manages those conditions but I definitely don't diagnose it so all I mentioned was we did avoid eye contact we did talk out of context a lot with our friends we were unable to initiate play with a friend or to go in to play with a friend and we what I noticed mostly was she would only look to the left if if you got any eye contact at all so she would give you really brief split second eye contact and then she would turn her eye gaze to the left I rarely saw her I didn't even see her look to the right so again it's just trying to find all those little things for children because if we're neglecting a space neglecting one side of our body then we would need to go down a path but it's not about quickly jumping into conclusions of oh it could be spatial neglect it could be so many different things it's just starting to collect the evidence over six to eight weeks we collect evidence typically to get information you know this little girl might have been having an off day she might have had a headache you know we don't know these things so it's just collecting enough evidence finding those red flags where we can putting in strategies if, if possible but also helping these families and a particular teacher to get the support that they need so Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a little bit out of it, little red flags to look for. If you ever have any questions, please feel free to ask. I have an online course. I'm also here for online mentoring if you need. So feel free to ask me by email, by Facebook or by Instagram. Have a fantastic day. You have been listening to Robin Papworth, exercise physiologist, developmental educator, speaker, author, mum of three from Play, Move, Improve. If you have enjoyed our content, please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify or on our website, playmoveimprove.com.au. Have a great day.